Welcome to No Shock Sherlock, the podcast about the trailer for the movie Detective Pikachu. I'm John. I'm here with Vanessa Gritton. Vanessa, how are you? Hey, I'm fantastic. I'm calling in from a landline. Like, this is Howard Stern. Yeah, it's the first ever throwback episode of the podcast. It's a big, it's a delight. I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, also, thanks for not being one of the many people that absolutely loses their shit when I tell them I'm a 26-year-old with a landline. Oh, no, I get it. Sometimes, like, that's more reliable. I, appreci- I appreciated it, honestly, because you were like, yeah, it's going to have a better connection. And I was like, there we go. That's, like, a degree above the production value for this show normally. So, if anything, you're just making my life way easier with the landline. It's a good connection, and also I'm the most easily distracted person in the universe, and whenever I call on anything, the second my phone buzzes, I want to look at it. So literally, as we started recording, if I sound a little distracted, it was because I was sending like the last few text messages of the day, winged my phone into my room, and then just closed the door so I didn't want to <laughs> pay attention to it. Oh, man. I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because while you were saying that, I also made sure that my phone was set to do not disturb so the phone that I'm calling you on doesn't blow up with notifications and get me distracted. So this is going to be the the most finely focused episode of the podcast we've ever done. Hell yeah, she says that she's still kind of watering one of her plants. (laughs) Well, that's a plant. That's different. That's, That's life. I know it needs it. Um, I, as soon as he told me the concept for the show, I was already so pumped because I, me and my circle of friends, like, we have a very specific joy point, and it's anything that's a combination of nostalgia, a weird, gross, uncanny valley, and an idea that in concept doesn't sound great, but in ex- execution sounds phenomenal. And uh, the second I found out that the concept was based around Detective Pikachu, I was the most hyped. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. I saw, like, obviously I reached out to you specifically because of that great fandom article you wrote about Paddington and Winnie the Pooh, which, again, kind of, like, fall into that realm of, of impossibly adorable animated feature film characters. And I was like, oh, she gets it. Yeah, is it small? Is it covered in fur? Do I want it? Will I die without it? There it is. <laughs> I will say your article uh, did make me think because, obviously, Paddington, Winnie the Pooh, both British. Do you think Detective Pikachu should have been British? I mean, I feel like there's a whole roster of British actors that would have made a phenomenal Detective Pikachu. Like uh, like, a, like a David Tennant, or uh, we, we could have even picked maybe like a Simon Pegg. Uh, I think a British Detective Pikachu might have even made a little bit more sense as to why Americans couldn't understand him, where it's just like, oh, he's just from London. Yeah. It would have been great, that scene where, like, it cuts to, like, the regular people, and he's just like, Pika, Pika! And instead it was just like, oh, hello, governor! And they were just like, ha! Exactly. Yeah, Pika, Pika! He's very cute. I mean, aggressively cockney is about as understandable as most Pokemon sounds. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Maybe instead of Ryan Reynolds, it should have been Lin-Manuel Miranda doing his British accent from Mary Poppins, too. That would have been a good blend of everything. It's the best kind of mush mouth. Yeah, oh, the best. Lin-Manuel Miranda, Dick Van Dyke. They could have both voiced Detective Pikachu, like how uh, Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz both did uh, all the BB-8 sounds for Star Wars. Oh, yeah. People told me that for, like, a month. They would tell me that fact, and I thought they were purposely messing with me, <laughs> where it was just like, oh, yeah, Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz, you know, those two comedic actors, they're both BB, uh, BB-8. And I was just like, it, it was, it's one of those facts that sounds fake until you look it up. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. It does make sense, especially because, like, BB-8, he doesn't exactly have any, like, super hilarious one-liners that I've come to expect from either of those gentlemen. It's just like, that's just beeps. Anybody could be doing that. Yeah, exactly. It, I, honestly, the first time I heard it, I thought it was just something somebody generated from a computer. And I'm like, well, a human being got a paycheck from that, so cool. <laughs> Exactly. I'd love to be able to do that. If I just show up to an acting job and someone's like, all right, we got a computer. It's going to make a couple noises. You can make a couple noises too. Doesn't matter. You'll get paid anyway. Welcome to Star Wars. Yeah. That's up there with knowing that all you have to do is show up and say, I am Groot and you can buy a house. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh, that Vin Diesel. He's got it too easy. <laughs> I've always said Vin Diesel has it too easy. That's... <laughs> That's what, if anyone knows Vin Diesel for one thing, it's just having the easiest job. He just shows them. He's like, ah, I'm Groot. I like cars, and I also am an iron giant. That's my that's my Vin Diesel impression. Obviously, the best impression. I think we've talked. About. Just say family a whole bunch. Family, 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 family. I am Superman. Yeah, that's kind of what Paddington was about too. He was all about family. I don't know, you just use way less words to say it somehow still. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> I'd like to get every movie just to the point where we boil it down to just characters saying the same word at each other with different intonations. I feel like that's got to be the future of film. I mean, it would definitely make uh, a lot of people's jobs a lot easier and put me out of commission. <laughs> Both of us. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, I'd rather that be the future film than, like, I don't know. Did you see uh, Did you see Netflix's Mowgli? I have not seen Mowgli yet. I think I'm officially burnt out on Jungle Books. That's fair. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't see the Disney version Jungle Book, but then uh, I saw Mowgli, and I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Uh, their whole thing is that, like, because it's directed by Andy Serkis, who does all the mocap stuff for the Planet of the Apes, all the actors, like, their faces were, like, superimposed onto the animals. So all the animals had, like, kind of human faces, and it was, uh, it was gross. I'm gonna be honest. It was... Yeah, I don't like that idea. I don't want my animals to look like people. That sounds like the worst episode of Full Metal Alchemist, where it's like, oh man, chimeras on the screen all the time? That makes me want to die. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I'd love to have my soul stuck in a body of armor. Like, that's awesome. But yeah, I don't want, like, human animals running around. I like my animals like I like Detective Pikachu. Very clearly animals just with human hats. See, that's the best part about Pokemon, is that they don't really look like they can be anything. They're their own weird animal thing, and if they talk, that's cute and, and interesting or whatever, but there's nothing, like, human-like about them. I don't ever want to see a human... I don't ever want to see the uncanny valley of, like, a human face or something that looks kind of flesh-like on an animal. That's why... I'm so, I got into an argument the other day with a friend that was just kind of like, oh, the worst part about the trailer, though, is that Jigglypuff had, like, a little swirl of hair, and I'm like, do you want that to be skin? That's gross. Yeah, that's, like, I remember I was talking with my friend last episode about just, like, I'd much rather have, like, all the Pokemon be, like, furry than their weird, like, smooth bodies in the anime, because, like, I don't know what would account for that smoothness, like, would it be, like, scaliness? Like, that would just be really disconcerting. Yeah, I feel like the smoothness, like, for, that's why Mr. Mime was so terrifying, because he looks like he's made of human skin, but pushed through a clown mold. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, this podcast is very anti-Mr. Mime. Like, he is a just disgusting man. He's the Detect Pikachu equivalent of the Joker. He's no good. We don't like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which, which... I actually uh, remember as a kid seeing Mr. Mime and seeing him hang around with Ash's mom all the time. And I was just kind of like... That would make me not talk to my mom anymore. Like, yeah, I would never does. ask her for anything. I wouldn't go to her room late at night when I was sleepy. None of that, because there's always that weird fucking mime thing hanging around. Like I, the worst Pokemon or anything that remotely look like people. Oh yeah. Well, it's like the it's like Pennywise the clown, except he's just always been living in your cellar for like all time. Like not after your little brother got lost inside of a sewer, like, just throughout your entire life, Pennywise the Clown was just hanging out in your cellar. You don't want that. Yeah, exactly. It's a Pennywise the Clown that you gotta respect like a stepdad now. Hell no. Ugh. Pennywise is the worst stepdad. What Pokemon would be the best stepdad? What? What Pokemon would be the best stepdad? What Pokemon would be the best stepdad? Uh, Alright, so... I feel like Ditto, I could just have him be anybody's dad that I want for that week, where it's just kind of like, hey, can you be the cool rich dad of the bike, and then can you be the responsible one that signs the the, the field trip forms on time? So Ditto right now is a front runner. I mean, like, I would say Ditto or Hitmonchan, because Ditto, I can have any dad. Hitmonchan, I definitively win the argument of my dad can beat up your dad. That's true, yeah. Now I'm just envisioning, like, because it's the holidays, and just, like, envisioning, like, flying home to Philadelphia, get off the plane, my mom greets me, and she's like, hey, John, I just wanted to let you know, me and your dad didn't work things out, I met somebody new, I want you to meet new dad, and then it's just a Pokemon with two boxing gloves just staring me down. I don't know if I'm ready for that. See, for me, it's just kind of like, all right, so he doesn't have junk, which means he's definitely not boning my mom, so he's just there for company. He will have my back in most fights. Uh, and uh, he's tall. And as a short person, I need more tall people in my life because I can't reach things. Okay, as, as a fellow short person, I will join you on that front. <laughs> Definitely could use some tall Pokemon. What about you? What would be your ideal Pokemon stepfather? Ooh, I don't know. I was thinking, like... It, it, it would somebody I want to be like you know have like a have a kind face but be like you know only like a little bit threatening so I was thinking maybe like a Venusaur oh that's a good idea for kind face but threatening yeah you know like he's kind of threatening in that he's a giant dinosaur with a giant plant I've never seen in my life on his back but it's still a Venusaur like you know like worst comes to worst you just whip out your lighter and like you've got the upper hand yeah or even like a Kangaskhan Oh, Kangaskhan would be great. That'd be... I could just live in the pouch. Yeah, it's it's just a very caring Pokemon. I love that. Man, why aren't, why aren't Pokemon real, Vanessa? <laughs> I think about this once a day. I think it's why I have two guinea pigs, because it's kind of like having Pokemon, but useless. <laughs> well, you know, if you just, like, tape, like, one of them has, like, a lighter and one of them has a taser, that's kind of like Pokemon. Just tape them on the back. Yeah, I just gotta tape a knife to my guinea pig. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad that we talked a little bit about uh, Hitmonlee and just the idea of, like, fighter Pokemon. Because I was watching a, a different trailer for uh, the new Smash Bros. game. Because I don't, I don't know how to switch. I can't actually play the game. But I saw that uh, the new game will have Luchador Pikachu. And now I'm just oh, thinking... Oh, yeah! I, 
Oh, did you win? I didn't. Uh, I did not win. Um, my friend has a switch, and she is way better at Smash than I am. But we were going through the different skins for Pikachu, and we saw Luchador, and I was just like, "Oh, this is made for me!" Like, I could not think of a better lure if somebody wanted to set up a trap for me than Pikachu dressed as a Luchador. Because uh, I already love playing Lucha. Uh, but yeah, I was I was so psyched to see how many Pokemon made it back to the actual Smash game, just because characters that I'd see phased out over those years that I would really miss and uh, Pokemon were usually the ones I'd play as. I was usually a Jigglypuff or a Pikachu or Pichu when that was available. Oh, uh, sure, yeah. What's your go-to? Ooh, my go-to? I would say it's usually either Link or Kirby. Those are usually my go-tos. Every now and then I, I switch over to the Donkey Kong, but again, like, that's only when I'm playing with friends. Usually at home, all I have is my, like, Nintendo DS Lite. So I'm just playing regular Pokemon games, and that's all I have. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Meta Knight was another favorite. That brief when it was on GameCube, Meta Knight was the most overpowered character, uh, which was why he was my favorite, because I was not fair in the least. Yep. <laughs> I always was like, yeah, which characters are overpowered? Because I'm just going to play as them. And then my friends would be like, no, don't. And then I'd be like, well, I'm going to lose anyway. So, like, relax about it. Just let me have this, let me have this moment. Exactly. Let me, let me just have this moment, because y'all are so much better, and all I can do is butt mash. Exactly, yeah. I'm just like, all right, B, 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 move around a little bit, and then, ha, oh, that B button. Me and the B button. That was that was a great romantic comedy. <laughs> me and the B. Me and the B have a thing going on. That's like that lady in B movie. Did she date the B? I don't know. I've never actually seen B movie. I've mostly just made up what I thought happened in my head. Yeah. I was one of those weirdos that saw a B movie uh, when I was a kid. Uh, and I remember nothing of it because it really did not leave an impact on me. I'm assuming there was probably a point where a, a bee said, what's the deal? But that's about, that's about as far as I've thought about bee movie in the past few years. I feel like I think of it a lot because it's one of those movies that everybody references and bits that I don't think I've ever seen because I've never seen B-Movie, I've never seen The Princess Bride, and I've never seen The Matrix, and I can't say any of those things without somebody, well, I mean, the first one's fine, but the two latter without somebody freaking out. It's just kind of like, I just laughed. I don't know how. I just somehow never saw those things. Oh, yeah, I get it. I'm trying to think of, like, my versions of that. Like, I've never seen a, I've never seen Fight Club. That's one of them. Uh, that is impressive. Yes. I mean, you know, it, it was never on Netflix when I finally got interested in movies. So that's Netflix's fault. <laughs> it's Netflix's fault I've never seen Fight Club. They just kept making Princess Switch movies. Oh, man. If you if you build those, I will watch. If you build any made-for-TV Disney Channel-style movie, I'll watch. Because I feel like I'm so overwhelmed by media sometimes that sometimes I just want a junk made-for-TV movie to take my mind off of things. Oh, yeah. I've been, uh, my equivalent of that has been, uh, I finally started watching Cutthroat Kitchen on Hulu. That's kind of been my go-to. Oh, just like, I love that. Oh, it's so good. You would dig certain episodes of Iron Chef America. Some are fine, some feel like they're rigged, others, real fun. Nice, yeah. I gotta, I gotta get more into the, into the cooking TV universe, because I've seen Cutthroat Kitchen, I've seen some of Beat Bobby Flay, and then I've seen Nailed It, but that's about as far as my expertise goes at this point. Good Eats is a favorite of mine. Good Eats. That's that's Netflix, right? 
Uh, I, it's either Netflix or Hulu, and it's basically like if Bill Nye the Science Guy had a cooking show. Ooh, that was, was Bill Nye not a cooking show? Because I, I ate all the I, experiments that he made on that show. Was I not supposed to do that? I mean, most of them are digestible. I feel like if Bill Nye taught us to make something, it's something that'll pass through, even if it might not pass through that pleasantly. Uh, this is a dude named Alton Brown who he has a background in cinematography as well as like some science stuff. So he would build these like really intricate, cool sets and designs to explain like molecularly what's happening when a cake is baking or how gluten plays with each other when you're creating pasta and how it like affects the color and the texture. Uh, it's, it's a very like whimsical Bill Nye for adults cooking show where it's just like the science of cooking and how that works and how to make it damn that's good i could use that yeah i need to know more about cooking because like i just ate dinner and all i had was like a was like a nors pasta just like a nors brand alfredo broccoli pasta so i could probably i could probably use some more knowledge i mean it's not even knowledge sometimes sometimes it's just effort because i'm an excellent cook but i've only eaten half a bagel today there you go. Sometimes, just that extra hurdle we gotta get over. Yep. Oh, boy. As far as Luchador Pikachu goes, I was thinking about this, because uh, another movie that came out recently was uh, Into the Spider-Verse, which I haven't seen yet, which bums me out, but I'm seeing it with my dad when I go home for the holidays. But now I'm just thinking about what if there was a Detective Pikachu-verse, and so Detective Pikachu and Luchador Pikachu could cross over. Oh, man. See, first of all, I can't wait to see Spider-Verse because I'm obsessed with all of the Spider-Mans. Second of all, my dream crossover wouldn't be Pikachu and Luchador Pikachu. My dream crossover is the Pokemon Digimon crossover. That would be incredible. Oh, yeah. That would be, we finally settled that debate, too. Yeah, we can finally put the end of the debate between pronunciation, who came first, and all of that other other bullshit. Uh, but also, it's half things that talk that can't really figure out other things that talk. Do they understand each other? Are they from similar universes? What happened first? Was one planet wiped out and the other planet replaced them? I need to know, and I need to know for the crossover. Oh yeah, no, I could, I could, I can picture that, you know, like they like cross over. Maybe like Digimon also has like one Digimon character that like inexplicably can talk to humans, and so then like the Detective Pikachu and that one just like exchange notes on each other's like native languages, and are just like, no, here's what we just say our name, you guys should say your name. Let's figure this out. Yeah, exactly. Oh man, <laughs> what if just a movie set entirely in the internet? Maybe that's how, maybe that's how they do it. Digimon exists within the internet of the Pokemon universe. They're it's they're what makes the Pokedex go. That's almost a sentence. <laughs> it was enough of a sentence. That's a lot of what happens on the that's show. Right. It's just almost full sentences. Eh, I got close. There we go. Yeah. No, we could have. I'd love to see Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh. We could throw in the Chimeras from Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, we can have Yugi show up, and he just, like, tries throwing some cards at the rest of them, and they just eat them or something. That'd be great. I'd love to see full live-action anime crossover the movie, as long as it excludes Netflix Death Note. 
In general, there should never be a Netflix adaptation of an anime. I have no idea what's going to happen with the upcoming Cowboy Bebop. I guarantee uh, there's going to be some weird casting choices. And the only one that might be accurate is, I don't know, maybe the dog. I feel like Ayn is going to end up as a golden retriever somehow. That's how bad they're going to budget. Oh, yeah. uh, it's just Airbud? Butcher it. <laughs> they just bring an Airbud yeah, for oh, trouble. Oh, I wouldn't mind seeing another Airbud. That dog with that if he was back, but Airbud uh, was also the dog uh, from Full House. Oh, there we go. Is he in Fuller House? Did he get that Same shot? Dog. Well, I mean, by that point, uh, he was a long dead dog, but he had a good long life. But yeah, in the 1997 Kids' Choice Awards, it was that dog versus the whale from Free Willy versus the mouse from Mouse Hunt versus the puppet animatronic that played Salem in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And there's one more that I can't remember, but the animatronic one somehow over everything else. Ugh, gross. That's going to be fun to see who wins the People's Choice Award for Best Animal this year. Because we've got a lot of strong contenders now. I know. We've got several bears, multiple uh, multiple uh, Disney jungle animals. There's a whole, whole plethora of ones that can be selected. Oh, yeah. We got, uh, let me think, live-action Sonic. That'll be next year. Uh, I'm sure probably the Air Buddies made another movie carrying on their dad's legacy. We got something of that nature. Uh, what else? We, we probably got other... I mean, yeah, like you said, like all the Lion King characters, they're going to be up and about. Oh, yeah, I forgot that's happening. Yeah, oh, Beyond... <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm just like, oh, Beyonce's going to sweep it. Yep. <laughs> that's what we all, that's what we've all been fiending for. Uh, what about Incineroar? Because he's kind of like, you know, he could be in like a Lion King-esque, like, I don't know, I feel like, I really like the character of Incineroar. I never played the Pokemon games that he's in, but now that he's like a Smash character, I've seen him around, I'm like, that guy should be in a movie. I could definitely see Meowth in a Lion King, because he feels like he'd be a second-in-command to Scar. Oh, yeah, yep. <laughs> He's Scar's just singing his like Yeah. Scar sings his whole Be Prepared song and then Meowth just pops up at the end and he's like, Yep, that's right. Exactly. And yeah. then Scar gets thrown off into the stars, so does Meowth. <laughs> That'd be great, yeah. Well what it's just like instead of like uh Fooey, what's the name of Simba's de- Mufasa. I can't believe I almost forgot Mufasa. It's just like instead of being thrown that's down. Uh, instead of getting thrown down, he gets thrown up into the sky. I feel like that would be a little bit better. Because I'm not trying to see a real-life lion get trampled to death. That's not something I need in my life. Yeah. Yeah. That was a bummer in Netflix's Mowgli. Is that they uh, have a, uh, a, a real cute animal and something bad happens to him. And that was one of the reasons where I was like... I don't like this movie. I don't like it. They got weird looking animals. They're trying to not make me like Matthew Reese. I don't I don't enjoy this. Why would they do that? That was like when I watched Tarzan as a kid and that little baby monkey got eaten by that leopard thing that was antagonizing all of the gorillas. And immediately it was like, you know what? I'm out. You just kill the gorilla, I'm done. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I was like, uh, I knew they were going to pull something like that with Mowgli because their whole like 
advertising for it. It was like, ooh, this is the gritty jungle book. Like, oh, we're not Disney. We can go gritty. And all that meant was that they killed off a small defenseless creature and they made Benedict Cumberbatch the ugliest looking tiger monster I've ever seen in my life. Ugh, his, let me, let me tell you, if you just look up an image of, like, Benedict Cumberbatch Sheer Khan, or however you say his name, like, it is, it is all you need to see to be like, oh, I'm skipping this one. See, as much as I enjoyed the cast of voice actors, I'm done with gritty reboots of everything. I feel like anything that's done as a gritty thing or as an irony thing, I don't really love as much as something that is unabashedly earnest. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why I think we need to start a new trend in Hollywood, which is the Ernest reboot. We just remake a bunch of gray movies oh, as, like, really... Stupid. What? Uh, like, Ernest scared, or Ernest goes to, or Ernest does a thing. No, we're gonna do a gritty reboot of the Ernest movies, but we're gonna... <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, like, you know, just, like, taking really sad, gritty movies like the, the Matrix or Fight Club. Take those, make them happy... Somehow, I'll watch those. I mean, I'd have to see the actual Matrix first. Nah, no, this is totally gonna... This is gonna outdo it at the box office. I, I can feel it. <laughs> They're gonna just add, like, a really cute CGI, uh... I don't know, Agent Smith. Now I'm trying to remember, because I haven't seen the Matrix in years. What happened in that movie? They got... They were in the Matrix, and then they had to get out? That sounds right. Why am I asking you? <laughs> uh, Vanessa, what can you tell us about your podcast and also your upcoming writing for Bunny Ears? Hey, so um, my podcast, Brunel, which is on the Unpopular Opinion Network, um, we have so many episodes for you to check out. We're taking a brief break for the holidays to come back even stronger. We have a lot of fun guests and really cool merch coming up, so definitely listen to our backlog while we... So, uh, regroup and get some really great stuff coming out for January. Also, I have a bunch of pieces coming out for Bunny Ears. That is Macaulay Culkin's new uh, lifestyle parody website. It's very funny. All the writers on it are great. I'm really honored that I get to have my work featured um, next to a lot of people that I really adore and respect in comedy writing. And be on the lookout for both of those things. Oh yeah, I had I had not heard about bunny ears until you mentioned it to me, and I didn't hear what it was until just now, and I'm very happy that I now know about it because that sounds extremely yeah, good. It's Macaulay Culkin's website that he describes as like goop meets the onion. Gunion. Gunion, exactly. There. <laughs> All right, folks, be on lookout for gun. It's not too late for him to trademark that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I like bunny ears, but he could do gunion. Definitely a good pitch. Yeah. When you see Macaulay Culkin, will you let him know that I said that? <laughs> I will absolutely if I ever see him. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks so much.